this is Valerie Aiello, and you are listening to Idea Diary. How's it going, y'all? Thanks for coming back. I am back for another show. I'm kind of liking the idea of giving you guys something to go research or look up. You know, just kind of like a small little nugget of something potentially valuable if you have time. So I just had some notes and I was, I had written down the, um, the three-step miracle from the book, It Works. And the book was written in 1926 and it was, I think, originally released anonymously and eventually it came out that this guy, Roy Herbert Jarrett, wrote the book. It's like a little um, pamphlet of sorts about goal setting and similar to magic, the magic of believing by Claude Bristol. It has that same, you know, it's a positivity, making your dreams happen type of book. So, um, the, the book has, um, kind of three rules that you're supposed to follow. And you can go this, uh, the audiobook for this book is, I believe, free on YouTube, so anyone can go and listen to it, and I think it's like a 15-minute audiobook. It's really short. Um, so the three positive positivity rules for accomplishments, um, it has another thing that it's called as a three-step miracle, is um, you need to have total commitment to the thing that you want. So, um, step one is carefully, um, device a list of what you want. So whatever your goal is, you make a list, you write it down, you get very clear about what you want and have total commitment that that's the thing. Okay. And then you want to read that list morning, noon, and night obsessively. So I know I don't do this, but I do, you know, I have my list with me everywhere I go. So I'm ready. If anyone wants to talk about what I'm doing today or what I'm doing in life, I pull up my list and I let it go. But the third thing is tell no one what you are doing. That's, these are the rules. So you have total commitment and carefully devise a list of what you want in life. Read your list morning, noon, and night obsessively and tell no one what you're doing. So there's something with, um, there's great power in not letting people know what you're doing. Um, you know, I, I feel like I don't talk to enough people already. So if I get a chance to talk to somebody and somebody's interested in what I'm doing, then I just talk about it. But I guess I don't share every single element of, you know, what I'm doing, that sort of thing. Um, let me make sure I'm still rolling because normally... Um, I think maybe I have some like weird setting on. Okay. Yeah. I'm still rolling. Sorry about that. 
But, um, yeah, I just, you know, I like the idea of a small list of, you know, I love the idea of writing it down, listing out your goals, obviously. That's, like, my thing. Um, but I guess maybe not talking about it helps with how things unfold. Because what I have found is that, yeah, I don't, I stop telling every single person and posting on, blasting out everything that I'm doing business-wise on Facebook and Instagram because really no one is really gets it 100% and it's not, I don't feel like that's posting on your personal Instagram or I don't know. There's, there is something with, um, yeah, sure, marketing is one level, but constantly talking about stuff you're doing because there are times when it's not going to work out. It's going to work out totally differently than you thought or it's going to take forever. And you don't want to tell people because a lot of times people will be naysayers or they'll kind of, they won't believe in you and they'll make you feel bad about even trying. And that could stop your momentum. So I guess, um, you know, there is some safety in not talking about your goals and your dreams. And there are good times, certainly when you shouldn't. Um, but at the same time, I think ta when you feel safe and you feel good and you feel like this person's going to totally understand me, um, yeah, I think talking about it is good. And when you have total faith, you know, you just know it's going to happen. There's no one that can knock you down. There's no one that can, like, put reality into your head that says, you know, in telling you you're crazy. Unless maybe they have some knowledge and they're, maybe they've gone through what you've gone through. I'm always really careful of knowing somebody is totally going down the wrong path. Because I don't, I don't say anything because I think, well, what if that way, even though I know it's a disaster and they should not do it, what if it does work for them? So who am I to say, that's a really bad idea, <laughs> you know, because that happens, you know. And I've... You know, I have some friends with some really cute businesses and I can tell where they're going wrong because I was there and I know it. But it's like, what if it, what if that magical thing does work for them? Because, um, you know, Sarah Blakely, she was the creator of Spanx. She got as far as she got because she didn't know what she was doing was so hard. And so she would ask, you know, there's, there are people that go to, um, you know, markets where they have like these shows and they're, they're filled with all the products and then all the buyers go to the market to see what they want to um, buy for their stores. You know, people go to markets for decades trying to get their product into Nordstrom's or whatever store of, that they want to be in. And Sarah Blakely just called Nordstrom's and got in. And that would, that's normally not the, you know, that's not the path of, how you get a product into Nordstrom's apparently, but she did it. She didn't know it was wrong. And whoever she talked to was like, okay, send a hundred thousand or whatever the order was. And she got in. Um, yeah. So today's a coffee day. Um, 
I'm really into cinnamon in my coffee lately. I don't know if that that's a thing for anybody, but I heard that cinnamon, when there is a big, um, I think during the Spanish flu, when that outbreak was happening, um, people that worked in the cinnamon mines, not a single one of them got sick. Some, you know, so my friend who's has an essential oils business, a real essential oils business, not a MLM person selling essential oils. She has her own real product line of them. Um, yeah, she was saying, she was telling me about the cinnamon workers. And so I've been, I use one of her essential oil blends on, that has uh, cinnamon and clove, I guess. And yeah, I've just been dousing my coffees with cinnamon as much as possible. And my iced coffee with fermented mushroom something. But it sounds really gross. Um, what was that coffee line? Um, there's like a... I don't buy this brand, but um, this... This one... So Four Sigmatic... Mushroom coffee mix, you know, there's like a million YouTubers that got sponsored by this company. And so I went, and you can buy just one little packet at, we have HEBs in Austin, Texas, where I'm from. So, and then our, there are normal HEBs and there's something called Central Market. And they're, they're still HEB, so they have all the stuff that a normal HEB has, but then it's uh, kind of, the store is laid out. And they have um, an extra layer of natural products, you know. Uh, so it's kind of like a Whole Foods, but it's HEB. So I don't know if that's a confusing thing. Anyway, in my neighborhood, there's a Central Market HEB. And you can buy the Four Sigmatic Mushroom coffee stuff. It's like a little powder you add in. And you can just buy one packet. And I think it's super expensive. So I buy a, a brand that, um, it's not single servings. It's just like, you know, however many ounces in the little container. So I bought it when I went crazy buying vitamins. I probably like everyone else. Um, yeah, so I bought it in the mushroom coffee thing. It's disgusting in hot coffee. Don't do it unless you really like funky dirt mushroom tasting hot coffee. It's not really mushroom taste. I can't explain it. It's like something, it just tastes healthy in a bad way. But if you put that mushroom, it's fermented mushrooms. So um, I'm always into, anyway, I can get fermented stuff into my body. I'm, I'm all about it as real food. And um, yeah, this, I'm telling you, it's good. It tastes like chocolate. It tastes like you're adding a little bit of hot chocolate into your iced coffee. But it's not, it's like a, and it's sweet somehow, even though there's no sugar in it. Um, yeah, it's super good. So if anyone wants to know the brand that I bought, I will let you know. But I think you can go buy the four Sigmatic, Sigmatic mushroom coffee powders. They have different flavors. So you can buy just like a single serving and try it in iced coffee only. Don't put that in any hot coffee because 
that is not good. Anyways, um, so what else? Yeah, so it works. Go, go for it. Go listen to the audiobook. It's like two seconds of your time, and it's fun. And then, let me see, the cinnamon coffee thing, the mushroom coffee thing for iced coffee. Um, what else is going on today? Kind of distracted. I'm going to a record store soon to buy a new vinyl to do a review. I'm going to do it. And uh, it's a really good record, and I'm really I'm loving it. Um, oh, I because I was um, I started researching the Monique thing, and then I was researching the Phyllis Diller thing. Um, I'm researching Rodney Dangerfield just for because his career path was like a later in life kind of path. His career path was weird. Anyway, but I'll make notes on that and then give you all an update. But, um, yeah, I was thinking comedy is freaking, if anyone is interested in being a comedian, I say go for it because I'm starting to realize that comedy isn't about being funny necessarily. It's just about being brave to get up there and speak and say your ideas because there there are comics that people hate that are hilarious and there's comics that aren't so great that have super they have careers just like anyone else even though they're not really that funny we all kind of know comedians that some people think are hilarious and you think uh how in the world can they listen to them and then there's comics that everyone loves and then just you know there's comics that are just for certain people but I was thinking if Monique is making $50,000 an hour just for one show and Phil Stiller is making multiple thousands a week in the 60s, um, there is, there's money in comedy, which is like, duh, of course, everyone knows that, but it's hard to get famous or whatever. But I was thinking there are, there is a comedy club, or there used to be, in every city. And now that we have um, YouTube, there's a lot of com- comedians be- getting famous from YouTube. And, um, you know, and you can't be a, a comedian and just do TV shows or just do music or, uh, I'm not music, but movies. Um, you can't be like Weird Al Yankovic, where you do music and comedy. And, you know, there's a bunch of people that did that. Um, But, yeah, I was thinking, when you write music, you know, not all the time. So sometimes you have to have a whole band. And you have to practice as well as write songs. And you have to spend so much money recording the songs. And with comedy, you're just, you're on an island, you write your jokes, and you try them out. And usually... If you write an hour of comedy, um, or even 15 minutes of comedy, you just need two or three jokes to be funny, to be enjoyable. And as long as you're having fun, the people are watching you are having fun. So it just seems like, yeah, it's a lot of thinking, but it's a lot of thinking on your own time. And then you bring the jokes. 
Whereas music is a lot of teamwork that is not always the fun part. And you got to write a lot of songs before you get a good one, usually. Um, yeah, and I don't, and, and even though it has that like, you know, you make it once and you make money off it forever element, so does comedy. And I don't know. I was just thinking if anyone out there is like interested in comedy at all, like go for it. I feel like it's a uh, it's not easy, but it seems like pretty good money if you can figure out how to make money off your comedy. And it's a uh, you're on an island. You can do it all by yourself. And there's not I mean, you can do the same thing, I guess, being a writer. But sometimes it could take you a year to write a book, a good one. And then you have to have editors and, like, you don't have to unless you're, like, super genius. You don't need any help at all. But, um, yeah, I just, I feel like comedy, I don't know, it's just like a, a revelation, I guess, in my mind that I was like, man, comedians are, it's pretty, it's a pretty good deal if you can figure it out. It's much easier than music and being in a band and much faster than being a novelist of some kind. But, you know, everyone's different. If you're not funny, like me, I'm not funny. I can't, you know, it's not an option. But I was just thinking, hey, anyone out there have any desire? I say, do some comedy. Figure it out because there's a million ways you could do it. And um, seems pretty cool. All right, well, I'm over 15 minutes, so I'm going to end the show. So I still don't know how to end the show, so I'm just going to play the music. <laughs> <laughs> 